Well, happy Saturday. This and every Saturday at this time, we come to you with Ed Stetzer Live. My name's Ed Stetzer, and this is actually a pre-recorded show because I am, where am I right now? I am in, when you're listening to this, I am sleeping in Australia. And so, um, so we are, uh, we are uh, pre-recording this program with, with a friend of mine, new friend of mine, but we're pre-recording this program, and I think you'll find it super helpful uh, and encouraging as well. So I'll be in Australia for a few weeks, just speaking at a few events, and, uh, and then returning to our, uh, well, Southern California. And so my name is Ed Stetzer. I'm the executive director of the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center. But currently, um, on sabbatical, I'm the teacher in residence at Mariner's Church and in the incoming dean at Talbot School of Theology. But I serve with uh, uh, Inez, uh, Inez Franklin at, um, at, the, at Mariner's Church. And we, we served together there. And I, matter of fact, I just, just got to visit with her and her husband, Jim, got to know them a little bit, learn a little more of her story, got her book, and we're looking through and learning some of her own journey as well. So uh, Inez Franklin is the founder of Trochia Ministries. We're going to explain what Trochia is in just a minute, uh, whose mission is to provide Christian discipleship and serves with me at Mariner's Church in Southern California. She's the author of a, a brand new book, like brand new book called Uncharted, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. So we're super happy to have her on as well. We won't be taking your phone calls like we normally do, because obviously... This is uh, pre-recorded, but the content I think is going to be super helpful for you uh, as well. And we're going to talk some about journey and about what that journey looks like. And you mentioned you mentioned in there, and as that your uh, your grandmother, uh, your and I think I'm saying abuelita, abuelita um, was on was was just significant on important in your faith journey. Uh, let's start there. Share more about her faith and the influence, because a lot of grandma faith really does make a lot of difference. Talk about her faith influence led you to where you are today, and let's start our conversation. Wonderful. Thank you, Ed. Thank you for having me. It's really Glad a to. joy. Um, yes, my grandmother in Spanish, Abuelita, was absolutely instrumental in my journey of faith. She actually named me. She gave me the names Ines and my middle name Socorro, and they were religious intents <laughs> with her selection. And my mother had seven children, but for some reason, my abuelita insisted in giving my names. And Ines stands for purity. It's actually the name of a Roman Catholic saint that represents purity. And uh, Socorro is another name for the Virgin Mary. So just, just by naming me, she kind of had a, in a sense, a, a desire and a prayer over me uh, early, early on. But also my mother had pretty much rebelled against the church. She stopped going to church as a teenager and really never went to church with us and really had a, a personal relationship with the Lord. That's how she would say it to us and that the people of the church were hypocrites, so she wasn't going there. But my grandmother, my Willita, she took us to church, and she was the one who took me to catechism uh, when I was seven years old, and I began this journey of learning who God is, and it's been a wild ride since. <laughs> and that's something we're going to talk about today <laughs> yes. as well. By the, by the way, Inez or Agnes is is the, uh, for those yes. who are not as familiar, that's the Spanish, ver well, not just Spanish, Spanish, Portuguese, and others as well. But some of us maybe have heard of Agnes of Rome. She was a very famous uh, martyr as as well. So, and it's a yes. wonderful story that that's there. So kind of neat that your grandmother, and of course, I'm going to mispronounce things because mi espanol es muy malo. My Spanish is very bad, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, it's been a long time, but I'm excited about learning more uh, kind of about that spiritual journey as well. Now, so you wrote this book, and I want to encourage folks, it's called Uncharted, 
navigating your unique journey of faith. And you talk about that. But the journey's both a mystery, but it's also a journey. It doesn't have certainties, but it's still a path. You talked about a path a minute ago. So let's jump right into some of what you mean by a journey that's uncharted. I mean, it seems like an uncharted journey. We all use GPSs. We don't we don't want to go on uncharted journeys. Tell us about that. That is the truth. We love certainty. We love to know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. We love control. That is our desire not to be vulnerable, right, on the journey. But um, I think that what I have learned in my own experience, and as I see the stories in the Bible, is that God invites us into really the unknown. He, you know, Jesus said, come and follow me. We know that in, in um in scripture, he gives us a great deal of direction as to what that means. But at the same time, we don't really know how it's going to play out. He calls us to love others. He calls us to follow him to the cross, right? All these wonderful things. But how exactly the, those look in our lives, we don't know. And that's why I believe it is uncharted. Not to God, of course. He's sovereign over all. He knows he's going before us. But it certainly is to us. And we often find ourselves wondering questioning, maybe feeling a little disoriented as to, okay, did I miss something? Did I hear God incorrectly? Or God, is this really where you want me to be? Am I, am I in the right place? And that I want to just express to others that that is not an unusual experience. And we see it in scripture and yet God is with us and he's going with ahead of us as well. And so we can embrace that mystery and not try to control the journey. I actually say in the beginning of my book that our desire for certainty and our tendency to want to control outcomes and direction actually harm our ability to experience the adventure that it is walking mm. with the Lord. Yeah, and I'm I'm more of a planner. I, I like to, but, I, but if I, I will tell you that if I knew the twists and turns that God was going to take us on, uh, 20, 30, 40 years ago. I don't know what I don't know. I would have been ready for it. So right? part of that uncharted journey. You talk some about this in the book, and and I should mention again, so just people are aware. The book is called Uncharted: Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. But you mentioned in there your own journey. You talk some about that and and the twists and turns yes. that are there. But for for all of us, embracing the uncharted nature of the journey while navigating it. I mean, we know that, you know, Jesus actually says, we don't know. Uh, he says, he says the wind blows wherever it pleases in John 3, 8. Mm -hmm. um, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from, where it's going. So is everyone born of the Spirit. So there seems to be this sort of, I don't know, it's it's like, because some Christians hear that, and, you know, they they, they get in a, a minivan, and, you know, they drive across the country just, you know, preaching and, you know, looking and living off the land, you know, and that's like, wow, that's... that. That's quite a response to, we don't know which way the wind blows. Some people say, I want to plan it all out, and if God moves my course a little bit, I'll listen, but I've got the next 30, 40 years planned out. Um, you, you know, so much of the book Uncharted is talking about how, how God directs and redirects. How, how should we look at things? Because we look at the writer of the book of Proverbs, and it's like, you know, plan for tomorrow. The ant plans for tomorrow. And then we hear things like Jesus saying, we don't know where the wind blows. So help us to think about what we can expect and what we shouldn't expect on our spiritual journey related to navigating it in uncharted waters. I love that. So I like to use the, the term that the journey of faith is full of mystery and full of faith. And the faith component is this idea of believing and trusting in God's promises and his guidance, his wisdom and provision, which means that maybe God is calling us to plan and 
um, maybe God is calling us to go with the wind. Uh, I think having sort of that, that flexibility to let the spirit guide us. And the picture I use in my book is of the people of Israel who were going around in the wilderness. And in reality, the journey to the promised land was rather short. It wasn't going to take 40 years if they went straight there, but God took them on this very unusual pattern for his reasons, obviously. But the people went when the pillar of fire guided them uh, or, or the smoke guided them and they stopped when it stopped. And so I would think what I, what I, what I say in my book is that the journey is mysterious because we don't know when God's going to say, okay, go or stop. But it is also a journey of faith that when he does say go or he says stop, we stop. So we plan, we work, we, we, we activate, we, but at the same time we surrender and we go with the flow. We go with the guidance of the spirit. So it's both and. Sometimes mm -hmm. I think we want to choose one or the other. Right. And you start a little bit with your journey, and the book has really got some fascinating twists and turns of your of your own journey. I felt like I was like getting to know you better even as we were okay. uh, walking as I was walking through it. So so tell us a little bit more about your uh, your own kind of testimony and journey. We've got about two or three minutes and 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 then we'll we'll take take a pause and continue the conversation. But tell us a little more in a couple of minutes. Sure. So my obviously my journey started with going to church as a young child. But I stopped going fairly quickly after that. And by the age of 16, I wasn't going to church at all. But, and I started a journey of, I knew God existed. I knew he was out there, but I was very distant to him. And I was trying to do life in my own terms. And along that way, I, I was making foolish decisions. That's what happens when we're not living a life that is anchored in God's truth. And so by the time I was 40, I made a disaster out of my life. So many failures, truly, that I did go back to church. And the day I walked into the church, the pastor was teaching on John chapter four. I'm giving you the Reader's Digest version in two minutes. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. We're <laughs> and come back my to life was transformed. And, and I've been on the journey even then after that, but obviously following and trusting God. So it's been a wild journey. I do talk about it in my book uh, in much more detail, but that's like the real quick view overview from above of the Lord who's always been with me, but I have not always been with him. And yet he has been, like I said, ahead of me all along and drew me back to him. And I'm just amazed at what he's done. It's truly Yeah, amazing. and it's 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 worth noting too that in in God's design and intent, your your failure to obedient didn't the didn't end the fact that God had a plan was still at work and is still at work, and that that church you you showed up at is now the church that we serve together at, and to see yes. how God has worked in there. Now, again, um, tell us a little bit about uh, Trochia Ministries. That's a word that we're probably not as familiar with, but it does relate to the theme that's also in the book. So, tell us about Trochia. Exactly, and it is only used once in the Greek um, portion of the Bible in Hebrews twelve thirteen, and that word means path. And Hebrews 12, 13 says, make level the path for your feet so that the lame will not be disabled, but rather be healed. And the writer of Hebrews is making this beautiful picture of as Christians, when we are living out our faith as in accordance of following the Lord Jesus, not only do we experience healing, but we bring healing onto others. So he's calling us to an act of obedience and commitment to our faith. And so I love that word. I love the whole concept of making sure that I am 
faithful on my journey so that I can bring healing to others. And that's a beautiful opportunity. So that's why I love the word trochia. Yeah. And it's, and it's kind of key to the idea of walking this path, um, you yes. know, in, in the book. And even though it might be an uncharted journey, you're still navigating it. Lots of important things. We're talking to uh, Inez Franklin. We're kind of leaning in on the idea of we just kind of walking this spiritual journey as as well. Just to remind you, this is a pre-recorded show, so I can't take your calls today, though I always love taking your calls, but I can't take your calls today. But it does give us more time to talk through some of the ideas of, well, walking this uh, uncharted path full of mystery and full of faith. I love that phrase. You'll see it in the book as well. The book is uh, Uncharted, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. We're going to continue our conversation in just a moment. When I want to ask specifically about, well, how do I start an uncharted journey? What does that look like, and how do I walk it together? Stay with us for this important conversation. As believers in Jesus, we know our citizenship on earth is actually temporary, but the days can be challenging navigating a world in cultural decline. A.W. Tozer brings help and encouragement in his book, Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. He tackles the how-to of confronting and battling worldliness while we live in anticipation of heaven. Be better equipped to take on each day. Read Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. Your copy is at moodypublishers.com. Hey, we're back at Stetzer Live. We're, I want to remind you that every week we air at this time on your local Moody radio station, partners and affiliates uh, all across the country, but also to sometimes you're not at your radio there at uh, Saturday, either afternoon or morning, depending on when you listen. And you can subscribe to this uh, this show, Ed Stetzer Live, as a podcast. If you go to edstetzerlive.com, you can subscribe there as a podcast. Actually, all of our Moody Radio programs are available to subscribe by a cod- podcast. We're interested in helping you with content, however you want to receive it as well. So we're continuing our conversation with Inez Franklin. She's the founder of Trochia Ministries, which she was describing Trochia as this word from Hebrews. It has to do with path. And a key part of... The conversation that we're having today isn't around issues of walking the path. And a a phrase that comes up in the book is it's an uncharted path full of mystery and full of faith. And you've already mentioned that some, but here's the thing. You know this. You know this. Not everybody likes the mystery, and then some people uh, don't like navigating. I mean, some people just, you know, Donna and I, Donna, uh, my wife Donna and I, we're very different. I'm a planner. Uh, she doesn't like planning. She likes the mystery. I like the certainty. And so, you know, people are listening kind of from different perspectives, different backgrounds as well. But you remind us, the book, by the way, is Uncharted, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. You remind us that each faith journey is unique. So how do all of us, you know, different people, and I've, I've met your husband, Jim, you guys are different people. Um, how, how do you how do you encourage people to, to navigate that, even though they might, some might love mystery, some like love planning? How do you encourage people to navigate that? I, I wrote this book about mystery, and believe me, Ed, I'm more like you. Yep. I don't like mystery. I like I liked certainty. I like to know exactly what's coming. I'm a planner as well. But what I've learned is that God invites us into this unknown. So the word mystery in Greek, mysterion, means something that has to be revealed. And in particular, obviously in scriptures, revealed by the almighty God, by his divine wisdom. And so therefore, what God knows is so much greater than what we know. And just by that in its own, 
there is a disconnect between what we can know, what we can control, what we can have certainty over versus what he can have in the same realm. And that distance is a mystery. And so I think when we think of it that way, and we understand God's desire to bridge that gap, his desire to be known, to be present in our lives, to show himself and his wisdom and his ways to us, then I think the mystery is not quite so frightening. It becomes really a joyful experience. That's why I started my book talking about knowing God's desires. Because a mystery is incredibly frightening. Like when someone says, hey, get in the car, we're going to go for a drive and not telling me where they're taking me. The difference between whether or not I'm going to have a good time is whether or not I trust that person. And so if I don't trust the person who's taking me on a mystery, it is an incredibly frightening experience. But if it's my husband and he's taking me on the weekend away and he's planned the whole thing and he, I know his desires for me are good, then I'm going to enjoy that mystery, even though it's making me a little nervous and a little anxious. And I may ask him questions to see if I can crack the code. But at the same time, I'm going to go along because I know that he has good desires for me. So the beginning of it is to understanding God's good desires for us and from his holiness, his goodness, his love for us, then that mystery is not so frightening. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that's key. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I like, I mean, pithy preacher phrase, you know, we, we don't know the future, but we know who holds the future. And I think that that makes a distinction. And you you sort of go through, that's kind of where you start. A big central part of the beginning of the book is is called Knowing God's Desires. We'll talk about some of the other parts, overcoming challenges, blessing through obedience, thriving by thirsting for God. But I want to stay a little more on knowing God's desires, because one of the things for, for I think, for most Christians, uh, they would like to know more about what God desires for them. Uh, you know, I mean, I think maybe in some ways the Christian life would be easier if we, you know, had a cloud by day and a fire by night, you know, leading like the people of God, God leading his people in the Old Testament. So, um, but this does but, require a faith, a trust. So talk to me about that. First of all, we do have a cloud and a fire, but it's in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So here's the good news. We do have a God that guides us. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come and he will lead you right into all truth. He will guide you and, and the way you should go. And so we do have the presence of the Spirit. Obviously, we have to cultivate that experience and learn how to hear God's voice and understand how he's leading us. And I got to believe for the people of Israel, it had to be very unusual to follow cloud and fire, you know, and, and it probably is for us too, when we're trying to hear the Holy Spirit. So I start the book with the, the story of Israel themselves and God's desire to guide them along the right path. And today we have scripture, obviously, that gives us, a, a, to me, a great deal of information about what God desires for us. And so we're not left to just our own sense of the Holy Spirit's presence and what we might hear, because of course, you know, we have our own thoughts and sometimes we don't know that I think that, was that the Holy Spirit? What does it look like to hear the Holy Spirit? Well, we go to scripture and scripture tells us a lot of what God wants for us and start there. I did not read the Bible until I was 40 years old. Wow. So I went through life, um, following my own desires, mm -hmm. thinking I had a relationship with God and thinking I was following him. I was nowhere close to what God desired for me, and it showed in the fruit of my life. And so scripture is the first place we go. Um, it is our 
pillar of fire as well, right? The, the word of God is alive and active, speaking into our lives and guiding us day by day. And if we can trust, beginning and trust in that and look, every time we read scripture, we ask the Lord, God, what desire do you have for me here in this story? What, how does this apply to how you're speaking to me? Even though these words in scripture have their context and they were meant for a people and a time and a place, they still also speak to us and we can be listening and following along. Yeah. And you really do anchor um, in the book, the, 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 to the word of God, to the people of God, how they reacted and, and, and more. Um, you know, the, the part of the challenge, of course, is that there's just this sense of, um, I, I, I know, and I believe the word of God is true, inerrant and guides me and leads me. It, it simultaneously doesn't tell me whether or not I should uh, well, whether or not I should change jobs and leave Wheaton College and go to Talbot School of Theology. So, you know, there's not a verse in there, Second Opinions, chapter 4, verse 11. So I've got to seek the Lord and um, find his direction here. Um, and, and and I think that's where, and you call us to that, that, that journey of faith often. There's a key phrase yes. that you use is journey of faith and how it's a mystery. And it's a journey with no certainties, so it's kind of an interesting mix. So unpack that a little bit more of where faith fits into these things. Right. So I, I love that Scripture gives us a lot of direction, but also uh, what we see in God is He gives us a great deal of freedom, um, which is awesome, right? We, we get to choose, do I go to that job or this job? And we get to use our brains and our circumstances and the people in our lives to help us make that decision wisely. And so I, I, so I believe when I start, started the journey of faith with Jesus at 40 years old, here's my situation. I had made a mess of my life and I thought, okay, I've, this is awful. I have to change. Something has to change. So Lord, I'm going to follow you now. And so the rest of my life now, I know exactly what I'm going to do when. I'm just going to hear you, and you're going to tell me, take this job, not this job, or take this situation, go here, not there. And I'm going to know exactly what to do, and I'm not going to make a mess ever again. And so, of course, that failed really fast because God doesn't give us that level of direction. He gives us wisdom to choose. James tells us if we ask God, he's generous to give us wisdom. And so... And he gives us a community that helps us discern. And so it, it, that's where the mystery rubs in. And again, I know it can be frustrating. It was for me. I had to, the, the whole journey of writing this book was me also learning what I'm teaching here. I'm not, I'm not speaking from a lack of experience because I wanted the certainty. I wanted the details. And God kept saying, but I've equipped you. I've given you gifts and talents and wisdom. I've given you a community. I you know, it's, you can make these decisions. You have the ability. We're not little children uh, anymore. We can actually use what God has provided to make wise decisions. Yeah. And I think the wisdom is a key part of that as well. You know, seeing this journey growing in maturity as we walk this journey or journey and more. Um, so, so, but you do encourage a lot and you talk some about active surrender, and you tie it into the idea of taking risks. You got this faith that helps you're going to grow in this faith, and then those risks kind of flow out of that. Those God-led, God-inspired, spirit-filled risks as well. Um, you know, pursuing God's purpose. So, so you know, people are listening. They're like, you know, how do I know when God's calling me, nudging me to take a next step in faith with the risk that it entails? What does that look like? How do I know? So, this term, active surrender. Uh, for me, came out of this idea of, I love surrender, 
as far as a concept, but not as an experience. You know, it's I I, I don't necessarily like the idea of having to live a surrender life because it feels so vulnerable. Um, but um, active surrender is more than just surrender. It's it's acting while we're surrendering. In other words, if we feel the Lord is leading us towards something, like you know, Ed, you're moving obviously from yeah from where you've been for a while in this beautiful place. And now you're coming to California. That's, you know, you're, you're moving in faith, but you're moving. You're, you're doing the work. You're selling your house. You're looking for a new house. You're, you're, you're doing all the steps required to make that a reality. And I think sometimes we get frozen. We think, well, we just surrender to God. God, tell me what to do tomorrow. I'm just going to wait on him. So taking risks means that we think God is leading me in this direction. I've done the work. I've prayed. I've, sought scripture, I sought wise counsel, and that idea or thought doesn't go away. It actually feels much more solid. And therefore, although I don't know what tomorrow holds, I'm going to act upon it and then pray. This is what I've done in my own journey. Pray, Lord, if I'm going in the wrong direction, put a block, put a block somewhere and make it clear to me that's not where you want me to go. I am surrendered to you, but I'm going to keep walking until you stop me. And um, as long as I'm walking again in line with scripture, in line with wisdom, in line with wise counsel, then I think the Lord will guide us and he will. And I've seen it in my own life where he has redirected me when I kind of took the wrong turn. Yeah. And you know, I think once we're moving, kind of like a car when it's stuck, but in the car moving, it's easier to direct as well. And the Lord does that. We're going to continue our conversation with Inez Franklin in just a moment. Again, we're pre-recorded this episode, so you can listen to some of the wisdom that's here, but stay with us. We're going to talk some more about well, Inez's personal journey and ultimately how the Lord works and worked in her life and can work in yours. Stay with us. Hey, we're back at Stetzer Live, uh, and this is a pre-recorded episode. I'm actually in Australia at the moment you're listening to this, and that's hopefully what's a nice Saturday wherever you are. Uh, it's the middle of the night where I am, but uh, we're having a great conversation today with Inez Franklin talking about kind of a spiritual journey. You know, what does our spiritual journey look like? How do we, how do we walk in obedience to the Lord as well? And let me remind you, as always, we have a great team here that puts this together, Karen Hendren, my producer, Courtney Young who's our engineer, and uh, helped us to kind of stepped off our schedule to pre-record this. We're very thankful, thankful for our guest as well. Okay, and as one of the things you walk through is you, you started with knowing God's desires, and we started to talk some about that, but then we get to overcoming challenges. And you, you kind of talk about some of your own challenges, but I, you know, I'm gonna, I want to get to those in just a moment. But what do you mean by, you know, this way, well, kind of this rhythm of grace and growth? Um, where does overcoming challenges fit into that? Well, it's, I'm about to bear bad news. <laughs> I apologize for that. It's not my making. It's just the reality of life. And that is, <clears throat> we know God's desires and we think, great, let's go. Let's go do this. And it should be smooth and easy. It is not. Mm -hmm. the, there are obstacles in life, period. And there will be obstacles along the journey of faith as well. And some of the, the journey of faith um, is sometimes I think in my own experience, because I lived 40 years of my life without God and now quite a few years now, 20 years with the Lord, some I feel even feel greater obstacles because we're doing the work of the Lord and that we have a true enemy who wants to get in the way. And so I wanted, I wanted to point out with just 
honesty and reality that seeking God, seeking his desires is not going to be a pain-free, easy journey per se. Uh, I mean, look at Jesus, his own journey, right? And all the different people who did trust in Jesus, they gave their lives. It was a difficult journey. Absolutely worth every, every second of it. Absolutely worth it. But we must be prepared for the obstacles that come. And there is a way through them. We don't have to be taken out by them or discouraged. Mm-hmm. Now, the book is not an autobiography, but it's certainly autobiographical um, in mm-hmm. that you talk about some of your own obstacles and how the Lord worked through them. So, uh, you know, by now we, you know, I think you, I think you said, you mentioned your grandmother, but I think we mentioned Puerto Rico. So you're, you're growing yes. up in this in Puerto Rican family, um, 40 years old, life in a mess, uh, showed up at church. Uh, but come back to the question of, you know, even in the midst of overcoming challenges, walking through some of these obstacles, what did that look like for you? Well, I want to tell the, uh, see if I quickly I can tell this story. Sure. How this started, because I went to catechism and the nurse, um, no, sorry, not the nurse, the nun, the nun. Us, told us about God, how God created everything and she listed everything. And I thought, wow, that's really wonderful. But where was God standing when all that happened? And I blurted out the question and the nun just didn't know what to do with my question, honestly. You know, I, I don't hold it against her, but she did send me to the back of the church to ask oh. God for forgiveness for my lack of faith Oh my! because I was questioning God. And I quickly yep. realized like, oh, I'm not supposed to question God. And I started the journey of faith sort of confused right from the get-go. Like, okay, there is a God, but I can't question. I can't have my own thoughts. And so I talk about the fact that questions on the journey of faith are actually a good thing because they reveal the desires of our hearts, our desire to understand, our desires to to connect with the Lord. And God models that he asks lots of questions of us. In fact, in my book, I, I have a list of questions that God asks, beginning with Genesis in the garden, you know, where are you? He wants that connection with us. What have you done, etc.? And these questions demonstrate God's um, communal experience and how he wants to be in community with us and likewise. So that's one of the reasons I started with that. And then also the obstacles. I hit a wall on my journey of faith a number of times where I I had to break through that wall and I had to learn how to do that. The story of Nehemiah was super inspirational to me of seeing how Nehemiah built the wall, how he dealt with the obstacles that he was um, oppressed with as the people were trying to rebuild this, the Jerusalem uh, city and the, and the, eventually the temple. And to see that, oh, doing what God calls us to do is not obstacle-free. In fact, people will try to tear it down. And then I saw how he handled that those obstacles, and I've applied that to my own life. And I try to share that in the book. So I do yeah, share you, you, my right, stories and, and stories of the Bible. Right, personal and biblical stories kind of interwoven that's there. So let's, uh, you, you've been through and walked through some challenges, uh, the people yeah. of God have. So for a listener, you know, what, how might they respond when a challenge is before them? Because we could get, you know, we could get down by it, we could get frustrated by it, some people try to power up through it. How do we overcome challenges? Yes, and yes, so Nehemiah prayed. Number one, he prayed. He understood that the journey what he was doing was something God called him to do. And he depended on the Lord for his provision and protection, et cetera, and wisdom. 
So he prayed, number one, pray, 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 pray. And then he acted, he kept moving. He didn't let the obstacles stop him. Every time there was a major opposition coming his way, he went back to prayer. He went, you know, he went back to and encouraged people to pray. He equipped the people to, um, to continue on their journey and encourage them. And he worked together with other people. So um, we can do the same. When we feel an obstacle is coming our way, I sometimes I, I struggle with this because I will have an obstacle. And before I realize that I'm being discouraged or stopped, I start feeling sorry for myself. Or like you say, I power up. I try to go around the wall or, you know, you know, or maybe sometimes I decide, OK, well, I guess that was not a good idea. I better back up. And then God reminds me again. No, no, no. We get we're going to work through this wall by the power of prayer, by the power of community and by taking one step after another and trusting that God's sovereignty is ahead of us and that he will, he will see us through it. And I have to say, when I have managed to do that, with this book is a good example, I had to really push a lot through to get this book done. I saw God's um, amazing work in me and around me. And also now I get to watch as he transforms other people's lives through this work. And I know the people of Israel, when the wall was built, it not only affected them and of course, Nehemiah, but also affected the nations. They watched as they saw, wow, this wall was built in record time, despite all the opposition. And it said something about God. So we get to glorify God when we let him help us through the obstacles. Yeah, so good. Uh, the book is Uncharted, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. It's just like coming out, so you can pre-order it now. I have a copy, but uh, but you can pre-order it now. It'll be out in days from now. We talked about kind of walking through some of the main themes and knowing God's desires and trusting Him that He has a plan. I love the example of going on a car ride with Jim, your husband. Uh, he might have a plan. He might not communicate it with you, but you trust Him. That's key. We talked about overcoming challenges. But a key part of the theme is the idea of blessing through obedience. Obedience, obedience is not a word Nobody that in 2023 that. people like so much. So talk to us about how that fits into our spiritual journey and navigating this path. You know, once we know, okay, God has good desires for us. He's going to help us through obstacles. We don't have to be shackled by shame or or even live in... Um, stuck by the mistakes that we've made along the journey, we can actually break through all of that. Yay. Well, then I really felt it was important to talk about obedience because when we're discouraged along the journey of faith, when we start to compare our journey of faith with someone else who we think, well, well they're ahead of me. They're doing those things and I don't, I'm not doing them. Or how come it looks easier for them than for me? Or the other way around, that person, whoa, they're really way behind, which is not good for us to compare ourselves in either direction. Um, we actually, again, we stop to grow, in my opinion, on the journey of faith. And so this section of the book was about really having this sense of don't compare. Your journey is not like anyone else's. Um, change the way you think, as Paul tells us, have a heavenly mindset. Sometimes God will call us to put down good things. He will say, yes, that really good thing that you were doing with me, for me, for your people, even that you have to let go of. And lastly, you have to be in community. A lot of times we think, oh, it's just between me and God, like my mom. 
eventually realized that was not the way community is how God wants us to grow. Going to continue our conversation about Uncharted, walking this pathway with Inez Franklin in just a moment. Thanks for staying with us. One final segment to go. We're going to ask some questions about where do we go from here in our own spiritual journey. Okay, we're back. Final segment. Just to remind you, I am. Uh, this is a pre-recorded episode because I'm in Australia sleeping as you're listening to this. But pre-recorded episode, and but we have the privilege of having a little more in-depth conversation uh, because we're kind of walking through some of the themes of a. Well, I say brand new, but it's like brand new as in you could pre-order it now because it's coming out next week. But it's called Uncharted, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. And as Franklin is my guest, she's the author, first-time author as well. We served together on the staff at Mariner's Church in uh, Orange County, Irvine, California, campuses around Orange County as well. Getting to know them, I'm new to that world, getting to know them as part of this uh this transition as well. So she got a brand new book out, and we've been, just to give you a reminder, again, the book's Uncharted, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. We've been walking through key themes. We talked about knowing God's desires, overcoming challenges, blessing through obedience, which we could address on a little bit more, but I'll make sure we get to the fourth thing, which is thriving by thirsting for God. But I want to come back to the obedience thing, because obedience, and you talk about this, often requires choices that we might not make otherwise in submitting to the Lord, and you talked about some of your own journey in that as well. So how is it a blessing to obey the Lord when it doesn't always mean we do what we'd want or prefer to do? Oh, so good. It's a blessing in so many ways, but I'll be quick. One of them is we learn we learn how good God is, because when we are obedient to Him and we watch it work out as as only he can, right? Sometimes we can't see it fully, but I often can see that how my obedience worked out for the good, and I'm encouraged to do it again. So that's number one. Sometimes it, our obedience doesn't necessarily look like it worked out for the good. It backfires altogether. So then it becomes more of a muscle building for me of like learning how to be obedient no matter the outcome so that I can I can I can believe and trust that God's sovereign over all and ultimately his good will prevail. And so mm-hmm. there's a blessing in there for us there well, that way. But of course, I think this is really God's heart is when we are obedient to him, the blessing comes as we watch him work through us for the benefit of others. Where we might do something and we not realize how okay, maybe make just sending a text you feel a prompting of your spirit, hey, send a text to so-and-so, and you do, and you watch as God ministers to someone because you were obedient to something that at the time maybe didn't make sense to you. Um, and so watching God work in other people's lives is a blessing in itself. And then lastly, it is a blessing because it connects us to deeper dependence on God. When we're being obedient to God, we are essentially proclaiming his goodness and his faithfulness. And so we're growing deeper independence of him. And that's always a blessing because he's so eager to provide and to care for us. Mm-hmm. So good. So such good stuff. Again, the book is Uncharted, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. Okay, so um, one of the things I found really helpful was the continue idea that is sort of contained in the beginning and both the end and you know, kind of goes through this journey in the middle is that trusting, uh, desiring what God has, trusting what he has is best, is, I'm using my words here, but, but you know, surrendering to him, walking on this path of spiritual 
uh, courage, but also thriving in the midst of that as well. So, so it does come to a, a key theme there at the end as well, which is thriving by thirsting for God, which is a big theme of just you what you write on general Trochia Ministries um, and things that have been because discipleship is so much a passion, but discipleship. It's not just the rote, not there's anything wrong with memorization, and but it's not just rote memorization, it's not just rote following spiritual disciplines, but there's a thirsting that's there. Talk to us about what that looks like. Yes, and this was a count, counterintuitive for me, this thought that th- you can thrive by thirsting. Right? Mm. We're like, well, that usually doesn't, that doesn't make sense, because usually when you're thirsting, you're very uncomfortable. And, and yet, at the same time, I love that God and, and David obviously modeled this for us in the Psalms, how a man who sought after God's heart continuously thirsted for God even more. Because I do think the idea, taste and see, right, that the Lord is good. When we have something that is good, we want more of it. And the more we taste and see, the more we want. And then there's this constant increasing thirst for him and desire for him. And in that place of abundance of receiving and receiving and thirsting, we then thrive because we're positioning ourselves in that vulnerable place of dependence on the good God who only wants the very best for us. And so in that chapter, in that section actually of the book, I deal with the hardest things that really automatically create a thirst for us. Ambiguity that, again, we don't really know how things are going to work out. Sometimes our journey of faith feels like we're literally driving on a thick, foggy road, which I I tell a story of being in India and going through a foggy experience that taught me about detaching from the certainty of this world and understanding that I'm I'm living in existence by um, a relationship with the Heavenly Father who has my eternity in his hands. And then another chapter I talk about suffering. Nothing will disorient us more on the journey of faith than suffering. And yet in that in suffering, we can have a deeper, deeper connection with the Lord. It increases our thirst, but it also increases our provision. If we seek the Lord there and open up ourselves to experience his goodness there. And then lastly, in the last section was talking about not seeking certainty as a end point, because when anytime we do that, we stop growing. We're not, you know, again, if we we stop tasting, we're not going to continue to experience that beautiful thing that will want us to have more. So I wrote these four sections, not as meant to be like you go from knowing God's desires to overcoming challenges. You, You get the blessing of obedience and then you thirst for God and it ends there. No, thirsting for God leads us right back to the beginning which is then again, okay, what are God's desires for me? And we need to know that every day. Wake up in the morning and say, God, what are your desires for me today? I'm, I'm thirsting I, I, for more of you. Yeah, and I think the question is, is a lot of people, they want that. But it eventually, they get to a place where it's like, well, how do I continue to have that? Uh, again, you call it thriving by thirsting. Um, you know, h- how do I not grow stale spiritually? which again, I think is a, a part of where you, you talk about in Uncharted, the, the book is Uncharted, navigating your unique journey of faith. So how do I stay focused and moving forward in my spiritual journey and not grow stale over time? I think a lot of our listeners would wonder that. Yes, that's the reason I added spiritual practices to the end of every chapter. And spiritual practices are ways to open up ourselves to experience more of God's presence and guidance. 
And these are not complicated things. Many of us do them already. But to have a mindset that every day I am practicing my faith, I'm actually working at it the way we work at everything else in our lives, right? If we want a good physical health, we're going to eat well and we're going to go work out. Do we all do it perfectly? No. Many of us start in January trying to lose some pounds and we don't do it perfectly, but guess what? We try again. And the same thing I think it goes in our faith. So along the journey of this book, at the end of every chapter, I have spiritual practices such as prayer, um, simplicity, worship, generosity, submission, And these are where we use scripture as promptings to position our hearts toward receiving more of God and being guided by him. And so we stay on this rhythm and it's a daily ritual and a daily rhythm, not just a Sunday experience, not just when we get together with our small group, but we have so many wonderful spiritual practices to choose from that are all biblical and from scripture um, that have been around for centuries, that people have done for centuries. And I've watched, I see the stories of, even in the Bible, of how people endured the most difficult journeys through these spiritual practices. In Nehemiah, we talked about earlier, how did you make it through all those obstacles? In prayer. Um, Jesus, when he was in the wilderness and the enemy was tempting him, scripture, he went to the word of God. And time and time again, we see all these different ways in which um, it has been modeled for us. Hebrews 11, that long list of people whose faith was commanded and, and, and shown as faithful, all of those people use spiritual practices to continue growing in their faith. And we can do the same. We've got about 30 seconds left. For people who maybe their doubt is too severe, their sin too great for them to embrace the message, what encouragement would you give them? Oh, the Lord's grace is costly and beautiful and it's for every one of us and so I have made a massive mess of my life and I did learn that God's grace was even greater and so do not let your mistakes your shame or any doubts that you have in the past do not let that hold you back the Lord is gracious and grace cannot be cheap to us because it was not cheap to the Heavenly Father so good, so good. Great to have Ines Franklin on talking about her new book. It's Uncharted, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. Hey, thanks for listening as well. Like I said, I'm on a pre-record moment, and but it gives us an opportunity to go a little deeper with an author, and in this case, Inez is a, is a new friend as well, and so I want to encourage you to pick up her book, uh, Uncharted, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. Thanks as always to our team here at Moody Radio. Let me remind you that you can listen to Moody Radio anytime you want by going to the Moody Radio app. You can get there by just going to edstetzerlive.com. A few clicks and you're there. And remember, of course, that Ed Stetzer Live is a production of Moody Radio. airs on Moody Radio, Partners and Affiliates, and Moody Radio is a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Hey, thanks for listening. Have a great Saturday.